Girl Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Get an RV policy quote by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or going to progressive.com backslash RV. And go Little Guy Worldwide, whose full line of lightweight camping trailers are Girl Camper favorites. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome. I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And this is Episode 41 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. Well, my guest today is Mandy Lee. You may not recognize her name, but you will probably remember her story. Mandy's Facebook plea to share her post on her missing tag trailer last April went viral with over 80,000 shares. The online RV community rallied behind her and several days later, U.S. Marshals found her beloved trailer. That's the last we heard because of the ongoing investigation Mandy couldn't say any more. Well, she's here today to pick up where the story left off and share how she got back on the road. She also wants you to know about her increased sense of gratitude for her fellow man and what living small, full-time is really like. She's an adventurer, a sweet soul, and an inspiring girl camper. We're going to be back with Mandy's story. Camper News Roundup is brought to you by our friends at Progressive Insurance. For many of you, your weekends are spent on the open road like me. I've been on the open road for the last eight days now having so much fun. I'm feeling confident because I know that I have Progressive's 24-7 roadside assistance and if you have it too, you'll never be caught stranded. In fact, Progressive will tow your RV and your vehicle even if your vehicle isn't insured with them. So, travel without worry, call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit progressive.com backslash RV today. Well, there's only one news story today, and and it's big. (laughs) I've been holding out on this story. I really don't know why, because I've known about this for several months, but I haven't shared it. But here it is now. (laughs) I'm going to be in the pictures, Ma. (laughs) Yes, it's true. I'm going to be in the go RVing pictures. So 
Go RVing makes these beautiful microfilms about the RV lifestyle that feature people from all walks of life that enjoy RVing. And honestly, their video of the father, son, and the grandpa who fly fish with their pop-up trailer absolutely made me bawl my eyes out when I watched it. And I've watched it at least a dozen times by now. These are really beautifully, professionally made films by a film production company that specializes in branded content. And I got to tell you, they really tug at the heartstrings. <laughs> I mean, they really, they really depict what the RV lifestyle is all about. It's about those moments. It's about unplugging. It's about being together. It's about creating memories with the people who are most important in your life. And Go RVing called me a couple months ago and they said, we're going to make four new ones this year. And how would you like to do one about girl campers? <laughs> so naturally I said, yes. So this is exciting to me for a couple of reasons. And one, I have to say this. Go RVing was really the first entity in the RV world to recognize girl campers as an actual RV demographic. I, I think a lot of them are getting it now. Manufacturers are getting it now. And they came to me and they asked me to write a blog about girl camping. And I really thought that blog would be read by women who were already doing it. But like the podcast, the audience for the blog surprises me. It's just really about women who want to do this. And that's what Go RVing is all about. It's about supporting people who are already in the lifestyle, but it's also about making people aware that here's a vacation option for you. And I don't even like to say vacation option because it's a lifestyle option because we go on vacation one or two weeks a year. But if you own an RV, you can be out in it every single weekend. So it's really a lifestyle choice. So it's really exciting to me that Go RVing recognizes the girl campers as their own demographic. So it's also exciting to me because many of the RV dealerships tell me that their sales of trailers are going up to single women, solo traveling or traveling in all of the girl camper groups. It's exciting to me to know that the whole girl camping movement is growing. It's alive. It's organic. It's going places and doing things. So I'm, I'm very excited to take part in this whole thing. And we're going to be going up to a campground in northern Jersey. I'm not going to say where it is because it hasn't happened yet. We're going to be going up there in another week and a half. And we're going to be taking over the whole campground. And a big film crew is coming in with their big giant trucks and satellite dishes and drones and you know, the, the go RVing brass is coming to watch the, and watch the whole filming. And it, it really takes months and months to edit it and, and put it together. And they, they just do such a beautiful job. So I would encourage you to go on to GoRVing.com and take a look. I actually just go to YouTube and watch them. So if you go into YouTube and you type in GoRVing, you can see these beautiful little films. So you know that I'm going to be hashtagging and sending all the pictures while we're on the shoot. <laughs> I don't have any people. So I tried to get my daughter to come and fix my hair for me. And I didn't lose the 20 pounds I was going to lose four months ago when I found out about this. So it is what it is. We're girl campers and we're just out there and we're going to be having fun doing this shoot. So if you want to follow along on the shoot, 
The shoot is actually taking place July 26th and 27th at an unknown location in New Jersey somewhere, but I am going to be posting the pictures on Instagram, and my Instagram account is JaninePettit528. So um, I just... I'm just super excited about it, and I'm super excited to share it all with you as it's going on. So follow along and see all the fun that we're having. And you know when that is finished and it comes out, which probably will not be until next winter, it's going to be a great excuse to have a movie premiere. So I'm going to find an RV dealership who wants to premiere my little micro movie. (laughs) It's going to be no containing me after this one. My kids are rolling their eyes. But anyway, so that's the fun news. It's just going to be so much fun. And I I just give a shout out to Go RVing for everything they do, constantly encouraging people in the RV lifestyle. And thank you for recognizing the girl campers as a demographic in the RV world, because we are and we're growing. So we're going to be back in a minute with Campfire Chat. In our campfire chat, I want to talk about the latest camper college because every time we go to a camper college, I think I know I've learned so much, but this time it was an eye opener. It was a new angle. I'm going to talk all about it in a minute in campfire chat. Fire Chat today is brought to you appropriately by Little Guy Worldwide. And I'm going off script today to tell you about my adventures last week with the Little Guy Company. I had so much fun at the Tearstock event in Ohio. And I already knew that Little Guy makes trailers that are built to last and they're lightweight and they're easy to tow and they don't require the gas guzzling vehicle. But here's what I didn't know. Teardrop owners are fiercely loyal and incredibly fun. That event was so much fun. And to see what people have done to their trailers, it's not the same trailer. You look at this sea of teardrops and tabs and tags and you think they all look the same until you walk down the campground aisle and every single one of them is so different. It was so much fun being there, and I thank you for having me. And I want to tell you that Little Guy Worldwide is now promoting the Girl Camper Camper College events. And these are the events that help people understand how to own, operate, and tow a travel trailer, especially our single women looking to get out there in the camping world. So Thank you, little guy. And um, I look forward to tear stock next year. That That's just going to be on my calendar for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I want to tell you about Camper College because this week when I left tear stock, I went right down to Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia. And it was such a great event. And it was a little different than our normal camper colleges. So at Camper College, usually what happens is the dealer will show people who do not own trailers how they work. How do I get it on the hitch? How do I make sure it stays on the hitch? Because that is just a huge thing with people. 
that fear that it's somehow going to come off. And once you see that demonstrated, it really reduces the anxiety of that happening. And then they show you how, where the water goes in, where the water comes out, how to plug it in, how, how the systems work, where's the battery, where's the propane, and just take you through the systems on a trailer. But this camper college was a little different. And I just have to tell you, I don't like playing favorites. Everybody's my favorite, like a mother who can't have a favorite child. But some children have qualities in them that your other children don't have. So I want to tell you that when I was at Setzer's, this was one of the most knowledgeable staffs I have ever seen at a camper college. And I think it's because all the men that work there in their service department have been there for like 20 years. These are people that know trailers inside and out every little thing. So about half of the women at this camper college already own trailers, which was interesting to me again, because you think if you own one, you know these things. I mean, I'm still on the learning curve, but there were women there who had had trailers for a very long time. And they opened it up in a Q&A after we went through all the systems. And I learned more at this camper college than I've ever learned at one before. And I just thought I would share with you some of the things that I learned. So number one, you know I've been having trouble with my stabilizing jacks. So I actually went outside and measured from the ground to the bottom of my trailer. It's actually 20 and a half inches. That is so high. My little 1966 Go Tag Along sits 11 and a half inches off the ground. <laughs> so we're talking about a nine inch difference. So one of the things that um, Dudley from Setzer's World of Camping, who is their top guy in the service department and just a wealth of knowledge shared with me is that when you have those scissor jacks fully extended and when you're sitting 20 and a half inches off the ground and you're on a sloping site to begin with, I have had those scissor jacks completely extended and still had to put links leveler blocks with a cap on them underneath those things in order to get stability and to connect to the ground. I am not comfortable with that. I got to tell you, it always makes me feel like a house of cards. So... One of the things that Dudley told us, and they pulled these out of the shop to show us, they have these big eight by eight like railroad tie blocks that they just went to Lowe's and had cut into, I don't know, 14 or 16 inch long pieces. And they actually screwed a handle on the side of them. So they all just stack up four in a row with a handle on the side so you could grab them easily. And that's what they set their scissor jacks on and he explained that when you have a scissor jack and it's fully extended it is not as strong as it would be if it was only partially extended so a half open jack is much stronger so that's my project this week I'm learning these things along the way. I'm going to go to Lowe's. I'm going to get a railroad tie. I'm going to ask them to just cut it there. I'm going to come home with four equal, maybe five, because I want one for the front too, size blocks. And I'm going to buy just those nice heavy-duty metal handles in the screen door department. 
And I'm going to put those on. I'm going to line them up in the back of my truck. And when I'm at those sites that are very, very steep or sloped and I have that situation, I'm just going to have those with me. So that was lesson one I learned. I didn't know that. Number two, they shared with us about the toilet. So I've never had a potty in my camper before. And one of the other women, Cherry Lewis, who has a beautiful R-Pod, she was camping with us. Cherry told me, that she always puts a little rim of Vaseline on the seal inside her toilet and never leaves it completely dry. So after she flushes it, she always puts an inch or two of water in there to keep that seal moist, and the Vaseline helps that. And it also helps, if the seal were drying out, to keep gases from coming back into your trailer. So there's a little tip and trick for us. Number three, this was huge. Never run your air conditioner on low. So we parked at the campground and then we headed over to Camper College and I was actually a few minutes late. Setzer's put on a fantastic spread for us. Their whole staff was there cooking hamburgers and hot dogs and salads and we had homemade cookies. Everything was so delicious. And I arrived a few minutes late because I really did not want to tow the trailer over there and come back at 9 o'clock at night and have to set the whole thing up. So when I left the trailer at the campground about 15 minutes away, it was super hot and muggy. And I said to my husband, let's leave the air conditioning on. And of course, he couldn't fathom having it on on high, just blowing. And he turned it to low. Well, when we got back in the trailer, it wasn't even cool. It was just like circulating air. Well, one of the things Dudley told us at the Camper College is that you never run your air conditioner on low because not enough air goes over the a coil and then so when the compressor is blowing the air, it's blowing so slow that not enough air pushes um, over the A coil, which is what gets cold and pushes it out. And so ice actually begins to form on the A coil, but in that, that causes a problem then. So I want to talk about this because there's an ongoing thread on the White Water Facebook page about people waking up to water on their floor under the air conditioner. So if you were running your air conditioner on low and you turned it off at night and went to bed and opened the windows, that little uh, pile of ice that formed on the A-coil may have then melted and dripped onto your floor because there was this whole thread going on. Nobody could figure out where the water was coming from. So maybe that's it. I'm just surmising. So that's a possibility. So never run your AC on low. Not enough air goes over the A-coil and it could cause a problem. All right. Number four thing I learned, always lock the deadbolt while driving. I have to admit that my lock is so tight, I actually have to push the door in in order to open the handle to release the latch. So I I have driven without the key actually turned and the deadbolt locked on that door. But Lynn Butler, the owner of Setzer's World of Camping, who also has the same trailer as me, the Riverside 176S with the slide out, was driving home from Davis, West Virginia, and someone was beeping at her to pull over. Her door had jarred open and was just flapping in the wind. So always lock that deadbolt while you're driving. Here's another one. So if you have batteries that hold water, 
So there's two kinds of batteries. There's the deep cell marine battery, and I have to acknowledge that I do not have this whole battery thing figured out yet. I had an on-off switch put in mine because it was running dry just from the smoke detector in the carbon monoxide detector, and I think the LED light, which is like a runway light in a camper at night, it's so bright and there's no way to turn it off. I have duct tape over it right now. Those little bits of things that draw on the energy of your battery in two or three days will actually suck it dry. So I had a switch put on mine, and I do have that deep cell marine battery, which can go all the way down to the bottom and fully charge back up. Unlike a car battery, which will go down two or three times before it's no good anymore. They're just not designed to recharge like that. So if you have the batteries that actually hold water, you have to check those once a month. If you have the deep cell marine battery, you have to check that annually to add water to them. Okay, here's another thing I learned. The awning. So I have that awning made by Dometic, which most of them are. So it, it, I finally have, I've had a little trouble releasing it, and, and he showed me that there's a pin I can adjust on that to the bottom so it's easier to release. So that's a little job I'm going to have my Mr. Sister take care of for me, and I'm going to get that thing so it's easy to release because I have a hard time when nobody is with me getting that awning up. But here's another thing I didn't know about that awning, and it's Girl Camper-tastic. That awning actually releases from the side of the trailer and can be used two ways. It could be rolled out when it's connected to the trailer. So the base of it is in a little locking system connected to the trailer, and you just have to roll it out, and it goes up much easier than it comes down when I'm trying to open it. But they showed us at the campground, and I never knew this, I can release that lock from the bottom of the um, awning and I could set the awning on the ground and stake it like a regular awning would work. See, this was so exciting to me because this is what camping like a girl is all about. The minute I heard that, my mind was racing with the cute little side panels I could clip onto that because we're not always in a campground where we... We have a football field between us and the next guy. And sometimes you just want to create that cozy little environment right outside your trailer. It's your, your little outdoor living room. And so the way this trailer works, the awning works, I could actually drop that down and pin. I, I use those clips from, home, um, from Staples that you use for paper. But they're heavy duty, not paper clips, the squeezy kind. Squeezy kind, that's a word the kind that are not paper clips, but hold paper. And I use those to clip my lights on the awning. Well, I immediately thought I could just clip a panel. I don't know, an old bed sheet, whatever I wanted to hang on the side. So if I were parked in a campground in which someone was right on top of me, and I just wanted to feel like I had my own little space, I could do that. I could stake the awning. So that was exciting for me to learn from a staging aspect. Like that sounds like if I were going to be somewhere a couple of days, I might want to do that. I want to share with you some of the questions that people asked at the Camper College. Um, because 
that we had for the first time actual people who already own trailers and people who are looking to buy. And these questions from the trailer owners, the non-trailer owners told us later, were so informative to them because it's just more in their knowledge base before they make a choice about what they're going to buy. So one of the women asked the question, does the trailer have to be level for the refrigerator to work on propane? This is an ongoing conversation we have all the time. Sometimes people will not have their trailer completely leveled and the propane fridge doesn't work. Now, we were told it doesn't have to be perfectly level, but it shouldn't be out of whack by more than 10%. So if it's a little off here or there, you don't want to spend all kinds of time making it absolutely perfect. But if it's within 10%, it should work fine. Okay. Here's the question that I asked. So last year, Mary Mori and I, my New Jersey camping girlfriend who was on one of the episodes, I think she was episode 22 maybe. Anyway, um, Mary Meek and Mild, who is now an awesome girl camper going everywhere and doing things. But when she was Mary Meek and Mild and didn't own a camper yet, she wouldn't raise her hand at a PTA meeting. <laughs> but she became a girl camper and she's lighting the world on fire coincidence. Anyway, we took Mary's trailer to Indiana for the I Love Fall camping trip last year, which was so much fun with 50 or 60 of the Indiana Sisters on the Fly. Just a blast. But every time Mary used the water, we had no hookups there. So we were using the water that was already in the tank. So every time Mary needed to turn on the sink or flush the toilet or anything, she turned the pump on, used the water, and turn the pump off. So that's how I've been doing it because that's what I, I thought was the right thing to do. But now my Mr. Sister's camping with me, the home inspector, and he's like, why do you keep doing that? And I said, well, Mary told me, and he said, no, you don't have to do that. You can just leave the pump on. It's not pumping unless it's called on to pump. So you're not burning out the pump or doing anything like that. The pump is just on. So if you turn on the kitchen sink and you need water, the pump will initiate the action and do that. So anyway, we, we put it to Dudley and Dudley said, you can leave the pump on from the day you arrive until the day you pack up and go home. You can leave it on for five, six days, however long you're camping. It should not cause the, um, the pump to be weakened or anything like that to happen. So I'm going to share that with Mary because she's still doing that on and off thing. And so the last question that somebody asked, and I thought this was interesting too because this had crossed my mind, how long can you leave water in your holding tank? <laughs> and Dudley's answer to this question was, how long would you leave it on your nightstand and still drink it? <laughs> okay, that would be two nights tops for me. So he said, you know, it is a plastic holding tank and you should every once in a while just put a teaspoon of bleach in it and you would have to do that on the side of the trailer. And um, so he said, you know, always empty it at the end of a trip and then put fresh water in it. So I, I wouldn't fill that up at the beginning of the summer or anything like that and or leave it in there over the winter, which you wouldn't do. You'd winterize it. But don't leave that water in there for a long time. So I was so happy to take part in this event with Setzer's World of Camping. They made us so welcome. And I thank you so much, Lynn Butler. Your dealership was just a joy to be at. And 
I can't wait to do it again. We learned so much from Dudley and your staff, and thank you so much for having us. Now, I want to tell you one more thing, and it's a great event coming up with our friends from Progressive. If you're looking for a fun road trip this summer and love country music, just point your RV toward Wisconsin. Head on over to the Country Thunder Music Festival in Twin Lakes. That's all going on July 21st through the 24th. The Progressive RV will be there. They have all kinds of fun things. You play mini golf. You win prizes. You get your picture taken with the cardboard flow. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. So for more information on that, go to wisconsin.countrythunder.com. We'll be back in a minute with our interview with Mandy Lee. My guest today is Mandy Lee. She's an adventurous, a photographer, and a girl camper personified. Mandy came onto my radar in April with the theft of her trailer, Birdsong. That report went viral on Facebook and was shared over 80,000 times. Maybe you saw it. It was a sweet little aqua and white tag trailer, and she woke up one morning and it was gone from her parking lot of her apartment complex in Austin, Texas. The trailer was eventually found by the U.S. Marshals, and Mandy was able to secure a new trailer, and she is on the road, and she is here today to tell us all about what happened, the tail end of that story, because we heard it was stolen, but we want to know how she got it back and what happened from there. But really, Mandy is here to tell us all about her crazy life as a photographer, and she's living full-time in her new tag, and she's traveling this country, and she's going to incredible places. So, Mandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm so glad to finally meet you, because like the rest of the world, I just had to friend you on Facebook and tell you, hey, I'm praying for you. I hope you get your trailer back. And I was so happy to see when you, that you did get it back. Absolutely. And every one of those messages is so greatly appreciated. Well, you know, you got the trailer back, but it wasn't exactly the happy ending. No, it wasn't. So can you start from the beginning and just tell us about the day you, you were preparing to go and live full time. You were a working girl 10 years at your a job in a photography um, Where were you working? I was working in a camera store in Austin, Texas at Precision Camera and Video. Um, And I was running their workshop. um, And it was a a great job. And I really loved it. But like anybody else, I was waking up and going to bed every night in the same city in the same job. And... um, you know, I just, I was, I was just meant for more and I could just feel that. So, um, after a, after a trip to the Grand Tetons, when my life just changed after watching this beautiful sunrise one day, um, I knew what I had to do. And I went out and without any preparation or plan or idea, I went to Princess Craft in Austin, Texas, and I just saw this aqua and white tag and I knew I knew it was the right move. Um, I bought it, mm-hmm. and I decided I just had to live out of this, and I had to travel, and I had to do photography. So you were a photographer, and you were working in a camera store 
running workshops, teaching lessons, and doing photography on the side? Absolutely, yeah. But you decided at that point, I want to be a full-time photographer. I want to take my own pictures and do my own thing. Yep. Um, when I went and, and saw the mountains, and I, I have to admit, it was literally the morning I saw the mountains again. Um, the mountains made me do it is my, is my motto <laughs> because I saw these mountains and they made me change my life. And so when I came back from that trip, I bought my teardrop and, um, and I decided it was the right move to live in it. So as I was preparing for that, it was a very stressful time because it is not like packing for a weekend trip or for a week long trip or for a vacation. Packing to live out of a very small space mm -hmm. is very different. So, I And were putting, you getting rid of all your material possessions in your home? As many as I could. I got rid of all my furniture and mm -hmm. most of my clothes. And, you know, I put a few yeah. things in storage that were sentimental. But for the most part, I gave away my furniture. Okay. I didn't even want to deal with selling it. Um, and as I'm doing this, um, one day I went out to go put something in, in my camper. And I went out and... It was just gone. It just wasn't there. There was an empty space where I parked it. And my my heart just sank, and I felt this knot in my gut for a second. Mm. And I was like, I, I swear I parked it right here. I know. You know, I, I questioned, did I park it somewhere else? No, no, I know I put it here. And, um, and I just started bawling. It was yeah. the first time I just broke out in tears. Oh, my gosh. I would have, too. I would have, too. Because you were using it on weekends, so... When you when you had it parked at the apartment complex where you were living, did you have any kind of safety features on it? Absolutely. So um, I had the hitch locked. I had one of the locks that goes up into the ball and, okay. and locks over your hitch. Now, I did own a tire lock, one of the claws. Yeah. And, you know, I took this thing out every other day. I was taking it out all the time. And I admit the last time I used it, I I was in too big of a hurry to put my tire lock on. Okay. So while I had the hitch lock on, um, the thieves broke it. It's, you know, any lock is really just a deterrent, but, um, right. but they broke the hitch and, and they just drug it off. Yeah. Did you find the hitch on like the parking lot floor? Or? I did not. It was just, there gone. was literally nothing there. Yeah. It, it was just gone. So what did the police say when you called them? So I, the first thing I did was call the police and they just said, you know, we're, we're sorry. They got my, the VIN number. They got my, they said, call your insurance company, let them know. I reported it stolen. Um, the second, so you had it insured. Absolutely. Um, the second person I called was my mom and the third person. For I, sympathy. For sympathy. <laughs> for a hug, a verbal hug. Yeah. And the, the third person I called was, uh, my sales guy at Princess Craft uh -huh. just to let them know. And. Uh, the support I got from, you know, the, the salespeople is unbelievable. Um, did you think maybe somebody would try to resell it? Did, I did, yeah, because they deal with used, used okay. trailers, yeah, too. Okay, yeah, so just in case someone brought it in. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so that's why I called them, and I just wanted the word to be out. So yeah. um, I even called a couple other dealers around Texas to let them know. Don't buy this if yeah. someone comes in. Exactly. So then did you compose the Facebook post? So then... Because I was so moved by it. It seems so fresh. Insincere. It was, you know, I was. It was such a cute picture of you. I was, I was bawling at the moment in yeah. my parking lot, and and you know, I'm alone. I had no family there. Just even as as emotional support, it was just me. Mm. So, I went into my apartment, and the police had told me, you know, they'd be there sometime today. 
So yeah, not a priority. They said just wait, and yeah. so I'm sitting in my apartment just waiting. And at the time, you don't have the foresight to think you have insurance; mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Blah blah blah. You know, I'm just panicking. It's your little home was gone, and so I just figured I had a lot. I had a great social support in Austin, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to post. My friends knew how much I loved my little trailer, and so. Um, so I just thought, I'm going to post this on Facebook in case anyone sees it. It's very unique. So I pulled up the most recent three photos I had of myself with my trailer. Okay. Which I have a lot of great photographer yeah. friends. So they yeah. happened to be decent photos yeah. because of because of my friends. And, um, and I just quickly posted, if anyone sees this, please tell me. And I'm, I'm yeah. bawling. And I yeah. had no intention of, of getting the support I got. Um, so what happened there? You put that on Facebook and... Did you go back and check to see? I, I did. So about 30 minutes after I posted it, I looked and it had like 200 shares. And oh I was gosh. like, oh my gosh, 200 people have shared this thing in Austin. That's unbelievable. And then, you know, an hour later, it was up to 700. And within 24 hours, I'm at 70,000 shares. Oh my gosh. And I am getting my, you know, my inbox is being flooded by messages of people worried about me trying to help me find it. And I was simply floored. And I was just full of gratitude for this support I was receiving from fellow teardroppers, fellow RVers, fellow photographers, artists, musicians. Um, It's such a tight community. Right. And you, I, I mean, I I see st- uh, stolen trailers all the time. I never saw one go viral like yours did. Exactly. I think it was your sad face. That I was, just, it I was feel, a sweet photo of you because it was actually very poignant. I like, feel lucky. I feel yeah. very lucky that people cared so much because it really wasn't just something I vacationed and camped in. It was my home. I had I had my teardrop bird song tattooed on my foot long before yeah. it ever got stolen. Yeah. I just loved it, and and my friends knew what it meant to me, and um, you know I think people all suffer with just injustice, and I mm-hmm. was just the personification of everybody's injustice. Like it just isn't fair. Yeah, like I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Exactly. I'm going to share this. I'm going to get engaged in helping this girl find her camper I, exactly. I, I mean I sensed a lot of that from people yeah. it really went all over yeah, the girl was, camping community I saw it on Tin Can Taurus I saw it I you know I, I follow every social media outlet for trailers and it was everywhere right so what happened then how long did it take until the police got in touch with you, you know what, what's it the was, protocol it was literally four or five days later like not long the U.S. Marshals called me at midnight and they said Mandy we normally wouldn't call you, but you're that girl from Facebook, and we had to tell you we found your teardrop. And immediately, my first question is, "Oh my gosh, what kind of shape is it in?" Can okay. I, you know, I immediately wanted to know how is she? Yeah. And they said, "Well, we're not going to open it without you, so come meet us at the impound lot tomorrow." Okay. So, um, you know, I anxiously await 8 a.m. and I met the cops, you know, completely by myself. This is what was so hard. I'm just alone trying to deal with insurance, yeah. and and I'm still working daily through this whole thing. Um, and, and, uh, I met the cops cause they wanted to go through the evidence. Okay. So, um, you know, they opened it up with me there and immediately there's just this, this wretched stench and I can see a pile of, 
of just things inside of there that don't belong to me. And Mm -hmm. the cop said, you know, they didn't know. They said, does this look like your camper? And I said, none of that is mine. None of that is mine. So was there anything of yours in the camper? There were exactly three items of mine that I recovered from my camper. And they were, I don't know the way this world works. They were the three most valuable items to me. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I guess I'll go ahead yeah. through there. Yeah. One of them was the photograph I took, the sunrise that changed my mind and changed my life and in the Grand Tetons. That photograph I had in there, and that was still in there. Um, another was a book that a, a dear photographer friend of mine had written and signed and Aww. personalized to me. Um, and then the third was a sign um, that said, oh, the places you'll go, that was given to me again by Aww. a dear friend. And so they were three of the most sentimental items that were still in and there. they were still there. And and they're very human items, which the fact that they were still there really made me feel for the thieves. Because although they were, um, um, they were, they were drug users and they were, they were thieves and they were, they were, you know, in a terrible place, there's still something human about them. And that kept me... I had a sympathy for them. Okay. And I felt an injustice. It wasn't fair. It happened to me. But those people need help. And I just couldn't help but feel bad for the people who stole my trailer. Yeah. Because you told me something interesting. The trailer was full of dirty laundry and they were making meth in it. They were. They they had turned it into a little lab for themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they changed the sheets. They did. Yeah. I don't know. My sheets were gone. Everything I owned was gone. Yeah. Um, and they sort of moved in it. And they were, they? they were, they were, it was full of their belongings, clothes, food. Um, there was a bucket of fried chicken in there, you know, I oh just, Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, mainly there was drugs, but beyond the drugs, there were some human items. Yeah. That made you think these people are messed up, but yeah. still in some way, like and that really kept between that and the support I had from Facebook, it really kept my spirits up. And so Let's bring in the Little God Company for just a minute here because everybody was calling them to say, do you know about Mandy? So before they knew whether you were going to have insurance or not, they felt bad and they said, look, we're going to help you. Exactly. Get back on the road. I had so much support. They said, um, we're going to go ahead and get you a new trailer started. Um, And at this point, I didn't know what insurance was going to do. I didn't know if they were going to give me money or total it or what. And they said, don't worry, we're going to work it out with insurance. And whatever they give you, you know, we're going to make sure you get something you can live in. So that was very kind of They were willing to cover the difference for you so you didn't have to eat that. Exactly. And so luckily, um, you know, my insurance company came through and everything worked out great. Because they could have said, let's clean this back up, put new locks on it. They could have, yeah. And I could not have lived in that again. So um, I was very lucky that between the help of Princess Craft and Little Guy, I got on the road and... um, and, and I picked it up, and, and now I can I can full-time in it. So I want to talk about that because you're amazing to me, Mandy, because you had this thing, and it was sad, and it was awful, but there were, you look at this like the silver lining. There were blessings in disguise here and lessons that you learned. What, yes. what were your uh, silver lining moments about this whole thing? Besides the redemptive value of all the strangers that came to your well, assistance. I received thousands, literally thousands of messages, and I am still responding. So if you sent me a message and I haven't responded, I'm still going to yes. those. Um, but they were all real messages from real people telling me how 
um, they just were in, they found me because of my trailer theft, mm -hmm. but then they started reading through my photography and they started looking at my images and seeing what I do mm -hmm. and that they kept following me because they were inspired by me. And that touched me so deeply because that's what I want to do. I just want to inspire people through my photography. I want to inspire people to get out there and do that thing that they never thought they could do or to travel to that place they never thought they'd go and to and to stop making excuses for it and if they really can't do it I want them to be able to do that vicariously through me wow. and so the silver lining is that these people found me because of an unfortunate incident which I had no control over but yet they found the value in what I'm doing and and that I can help them in some way. And you did, and I love that. I love that because there are lots of women and they're out there and they're looking at the girl camper world and they want to do it, but there are circumstances in their life where they can't do it right now. Exactly. And so being able to look at you, I mean, I just followed with awe your whole great adventure because I someday would love to do the Tetons and Glacier and the Badlands and all that. It's just Maybe next year. I don't know. I, you know, it's sort of one day at a time in life. You know, Absolutely. I, you know, that old saying, you know, you want to make God laugh, tell him what right. your plans are, right? right? So that's ultimately someday I'd like to do that. But so I thoroughly enjoyed watching your photographs over the last few weeks from the Tetons you. and you and I were chatting back and forth online. But I think it's so great that you didn't let that disable you. You no, got that no. trailer from Princess Craft and you took off that day. Yep, that very day there was um it delayed my departure a little bit and I literally was just sitting in Austin until the day my camper arrived and the day it arrived Because I, Little Guy Company custom made it for you. They did, yes. Um and so it took some time and it arrived on June sixth and on June sixth I jumped in my camper and I left Austin. And it has been such a journey. There have been downs, mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I am so incredibly happy. And I'm happy because I have such a great audience to share it with. Yeah. Um, I get lonely all the time. But mm -hmm. knowing I have all these people who are following me and care yeah. kind of gives me somebody to share it with. It does, yeah. Yeah. So and I'm glad you said that, that you get lonesome on the road because... I think people tend to glamorize the whole thing. And some of my sister on the fly friends who full time, they'll say, you know what, Janine? Yeah, it's like anything in life. Sometimes it just stinks and sometimes it's great. Yeah, absolutely. But I can tell you that for all the, all the times I'm lonely, I have smiled more in the last six weeks than I have smiled my whole life. So I'm really happy right now. And so you picked this up on June 6th and you headed out of Austin. Where did you go? Well, um, I decided I wanted to visit all of these amazing photographer friends I have all over the country. Mm -hmm. I know a ton of photographers and I love collaborating with artists. So I wanted to go kind of use them as waypoints to just visit and and you know, study photography and take pictures. So Because it is your goal to live as a working photographer absolutely. on the road. Yep. So it's a lot of work and I have to constantly remind myself I should be putting in 40 hours of work. And uh, I often do way more than that. Working for myself, I work way more than I ever That's, did when I worked for a company. It's the absolute truth with everybody. Um, yeah, who's I stay up every night and I'm sending emails, I'm editing photos, I'm constantly, constantly trying to figure out what my next move is going to be. Um, I'm and not, finding work? Absolutely. 
Um, you know, I have a ton of leads, but you know, some leads pan out and some don't. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm constantly chasing things and I'm, I'm not on permanent vacation, but, um, I do adventure as much mm-hmm. as I can because that's what keeps me going. So you left on this tour to meet, um, photographer friends and collaborate with people that you, whose work you admire. Where did that take you over the summer? Oh man, I've gone all over. I started um, visiting a photographer friend in Texas and then I went up to Colorado. You know, you gotta have the quick stop to see the parents. Yes. Um, and then I decided my first big stop was gonna be the Grand Tetons because that's kind of where it all began. So I spent a solid two weeks in the Grand Tetons and. And I loved your pictures. And from there. I knew at that moment that I, I chose the right path. Mm-hmm. I could feel it. Although I was a little sad here and there, I could tell Mandy, you did the right thing. So, um, and then I, you know, and I just kept moving on. I went to Yellowstone. I went through Montana and South Dakota and, and then I headed over to Ohio for this event, Tearstock that we're, yeah, that, that we're, we're at, at right now. now. Yeah. And, um, and I get to meet all the people, little guy and a bunch of other teardroppers and I can't And people were seeking you out. They were. Because they just wanted to say hello in person. The teardrop community is unbelievable. Unbelievable. They are loyal people, aren't they? They are. And I have never met, you know, a grumpy teardropper does not exist. (laughs) That's like an oxymoron. I can tell you they don't exist at Tearstock. Yeah, no. You and I, I'll say this so the podcasters know, the listeners know, we are sitting in a remote parking lot of the campground because yes. we have been trying to get a quiet spot for this interview but they're partying hard they're partying because i just led the dance train <laughs> i literally 10 minutes ago just led the dance train and then we decided to come yeah, to our that's podcast why i said you know so. we've had bad weather here <laughs> and just trying to get a time in and i said you know mandy we got to get this done then we figured out very quickly it's not going to happen here at the park we got to get out of yeah, here it's great it's a great community so um you know, all I, I've met great people, and all I want to do is just inspire people. So where, where are you heading from here? Um, after this, I've, I've got a little time to kill, and then I'm going to be heading, I think, back to Colorado for just a second to, mm-hmm. to do a little work there. And, you know, I really purposefully try not to plan too far ahead. Um, and the reason for that is because if opportunity comes up, I want to be able to take it. If I meet something or someone or get a, mm-hmm. an opportunity on the road, I want to say, yeah, sure, I'll come here. I don't, I don't want to plan out too far. Right. Yeah, because I, I, that happens with me sometimes, too. Something comes up, and I think, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I already have a different thing booked. Exactly. And it's not, like, it's not like when you were single, you got to hold out till Wednesday or Thursday before you mm. accept a date because the better date might come along. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. waiting for that next waiting date. Waiting <laughs> for a dream date to come along. So how do you find work? I mean, you're, you've been a photographer all this time, and you've done a lot of work but this is a different kind of work than you were used to? Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's the thing is there's a lot of different venues for me to be making money right now, um, and it's not all one spot. And I'm still kind of figuring it out as I go. I don't have, you know, a huge gold pot I'm sitting on to live off of mm-hmm. right now. I'm constantly working on what the next job is. And it's just a matter of being social and knowing people and getting your work out there. And really, I want my photography to speak for itself. Um, I want people to look at my images and just go, you know what, this is a good photographer right here. We need her. We need her images. Um, I don't want to sell myself. I want to sell my, my work, work and what I represent. Um, so I try to do workshops. I will, 
I will teach photography. I will take people out on lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, I will work events. I will sell my images. Um, it's, it's a whole venue of lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And you just got to put it all together. How to do you deal work. with the stress of not knowing? Because you were at the, your last job at the camera shop 10 years. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the stress of not having an income? You, you breathe really deep. Mm-hmm. You take a moment and you have to, and the other thing I do, actually, this has helped a lot. Um, I started creating a gratitude journal, um, mm-hmm. at night in the evening, every night before I go to bed, I literally write down, it sounds so cheesy. I write down what I'm grateful That's, for. No, no, and it's, I get it. They're usually at first when I started doing it, there were big things like I'm grateful for my family and my life and my mm-hmm. whatever. Now they're little things. You know, I'm grateful that the sun shone on my face today. Yeah. I am grateful that I saw this chipmunk eating this this nut today that I got to experience that. I'm grateful I stopped at a rest stop in the bathroom was clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it makes you actually appreciate these little moments more because when they're happening, yeah. you actually think, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful I got to see that. Yeah. And, and that... It sounds so cheesy, but I mean, that whole process has brought my mindset to a slower speed and I slow down and I get stressed about things, but then I just think, you know what, Mandy, you know, life could be worse. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's almost Mm -hmm. like, it's not meditation, but it's kind of a form of meditation where Mm -hmm. you're just kind of clearing your mind a little bit. Um, and I have a lot of great friends and, and, you know, I can sometimes, you know, if I need to talk to someone, I have people I can call. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's all so a mind game. I think there's a lot of, yeah, my brother said to me once, you know what, being self-employed is all about overcoming fear, managing and overcoming fear. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. People ask me um, how I'm going to make money. Yeah. And right now I'm, I'm so new into this that I don't totally know. I'll be honest. I don't know how I'm going to make it. You're figuring it out as you go along. I am, but I have complete, this odd, complete faith in myself that I'm going to make it work. Right. Like, I'm not even worried. I don't know how I'm going to make it work, but yeah. I trust myself enough to know that I will. Right. I'm, I'm not totally sure, but, you know, ask me in a year. I'll let you know what I figured out. And you out. know what? <laughs> I, I think, too, that a lot of people uh, who have a desire to do something... That's what they talk about when they say you're just stepping out in faith. You're just going out on that limb. Exactly. It's a, a question of the self-confidence that you have. And having the self-confidence to do something doesn't mean that you um, have all the answers to how it's going exactly. to happen. Exactly. But the confidence is in yourself. That's, that's precisely what it is. And when I'm out shooting nature and when I'm taking photographs, mm-hmm. I can f- feel that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And when you're that passionate about something, mm-hmm. it's it's going to work out one way or another. If you're, you know, I mean, you've got to have a good head on your shoulders. Right. But and I you feel already like I do. said it a little while ago, you're not on vacation. Exactly. You know, you have to work no. more than 40 hours People a week. People think I'm on this permanent vacation shooting and they don't, I sit up in my little teardrop camper every night working on my computer. Um, I work more than ever now. Yeah. Um, but I'm more passionate about it, so I don't mind it so much. I'm working to build myself. I'm not working for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so the work, while it, it's it's strenuous, like it it's worth it because there's definitely more of a payout at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think now, what I just saw you with your setup there, and you're living very simply. But you know what I was impressed about when I looked at your trailer? 
you're comfortable there. Oh, you have very. sweet little things. That's Absolutely. a girl camper. It's yeah. a little tiny girl camper. I had you to make changing it, your knobs inside. I had to make it feel like home. So what did you do to make that little tiny space feel like when you're sitting in some national park campground right. in the Tetons? How are you feeling at home? Well, when you don't have a home to go to, except the one you're pulling behind you, you have to make it just feel more homey. It felt a little factory when I got it. You yeah. know, it felt kind of like a little Ikea showroom or something. <laughs> so I just, you know, it was very small changes that made a world of difference. Doorknobs, curtains, signs that friends had given me, things that are, you know, they mean something to you. Um, little signs. I have journals that and books that are mine that, you know, they make me feel at home. Yeah. So when I crawl in there at night, yeah. I'm giddy. Yeah. I am still giddy when I get into my teardrop <laughs> at night and I'm so happy to be there. And, um, you just have to do that so that when, wherever you go, it's always home. Yeah. You know, um, I've never been more excited to have two square feet of empty space. Like I can't even <laughs> tell you how excited I was when I added shelves and made a new cabinet. Um, yeah. It's just so exciting, and I yeah. daydream about what I'm going to put in there. Yeah. Um, but mainly I just... It's very sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's, and, and you know, even if this one got stolen, which it won't, well, and I had to get a new one, you know, I would get over the belongings, and I would do it again, and I would just keep rebuilding, because that's what I learned. When your first one was stolen, was your photography equipment in it? Not at all. No, I've oh, I've always God. been incredibly possessive over my equipment, and I always brought that with me into my apartment. Okay. Um, but now I have insurance that not only covers my trailer, but I had to buy extra insurance that covered my personal property in my car and in my trailer. It's a whole separate. I thing. did that with Progressive when I got do. my trailer. Exactly. I got my personal property insurance. I got trip interruption insurance. I I, yeah. I got everything that I could get because it, it's not that much more expensive. No, I think it was like. One of them was eleven dollars mm -hmm. for a whole year, mm -hmm. and one of them was eighteen. By the time I added on all of the extras, like every single thing they offered, it was like fifty or sixty dollars more than just the plain mm -hmm. plan. So that to me did not make sense because if my trailer was stolen and my laptop and my podcast recording equipment was in it, I, I mean, I would be in a lot of yeah. trouble. That's yeah. a lot if, of money. If my if my camera gear went missing, that's my livelihood. Yeah, that's my livelihood. So. The first thing I did was make sure all of that was insured. And you, you were and, smart to have it to begin with, though. Absolutely. A lot of people don't do that. It was an extra. When I added my camper, just the camper, not personal property, it was 10 bucks a month more to add that to my car insurance. It was, it was nothing. It was so, a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. Right. So now, do you, when you park it, because you're with it all the time, but if you were going to leave it someplace for a couple of days, what kind of protection are you putting on it now? Okay, so now I absolutely never tell myself I'm too busy to put my tire lock on. I still have my claw lock. It goes over the tire. It looks like a cop put a boot on your trailer or something. Yeah, we did this on um, the show last week. But I always use that now, always. Okay. I also have the hitch lock that it's got a ball that goes up into the hitch, and it locks so nobody mm -hmm. can hitch it up. Um, and the third thing I did was I added a GPS tracker. So if it somehow went missing, okay. um, I could use the, I could give that GPS info to the cops and let them go find it. I am not going to go find it myself because who knows who stole it. Right. Um, so now I That's have a, a good few advice. more methods. Always lock the doors. You know, I mean, just be smart. There's, there's risks to this lifestyle. 
there's risks to traveling alone. There's risks to being a girl traveling alone, yes. to camping in general, to hiking. There's all kinds of risks. And I'm not going to let any of those risks stop me from doing anything. I'm just going to be smart, you know. I'm just going to take the precautions right. I need to take, and I'm still going to do it, you know. I had Holly Burroughs on the show a couple of months ago, and she is a firearm instructor, and she is a personal safety instructor, and she gave us a lot of tips on being on white alert, not walking to your car with your head in your phone reading mail. You have to have your a posture yeah. that says, I know where I'm going. Get out of my way. You're picking the wrong target. Right. And it's not even just um, other people you have to worry about. It's it's wildlife. It's animals. I saw two bears in the Tetons, you know, your bear spray. And those are grizzlies. Um, and it, yeah, sometimes they were, I saw yeah. some black bears. But, yeah. you know, it's also um, when you get yourself the first week I had this and I never posted this story, but the day I arrived at the Tetons, I got myself stuck in the mud going uphill on a just dark, dirty, a dirt oh. road and it was muddy. And I got myself stuck. And this is, the, you know, three days after I've had my camper. I didn't panic. I just, yeah. I stopped and I, I slowly. So you couldn't I, go forward or backward? It I was... could not. I was on a single lane dirt road going uphill and it was muddy. So I couldn't okay. turn around. So I stopped and I, I just, I give myself pep talks all the time. Oh, out okay. loud. <laughs> I say, I literally, I stop and I say, okay, Mandy, this is your life now. You can do this. Aww. And I didn't freak out. I got yeah. out of the car. I put my chocks behind my trailer because I was on a hill. I didn't okay. want it to roll away. I unhooked my car, and I was able to drive my car kind of through the trees to the downhill side. And then, luckily, a teardrop is very small, so I kind of slowly pivoted it around just by hand, okay. moving my chocks around so it wouldn't fall downhill. Uh, I got well, How long did around. all that take? This whole thing took about an hour. Yeah, okay. it took me an hour, but you know what? It was sunny out. Yeah. I was in a beautiful place. And I just said, you know what, Mandy? Who cares if this takes an hour to fix? It's beautiful and you got nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my teardrop so turned you around. you hooked it back up? Um, I hooked it back up to my car and then I drove back down to the next, you know, I do a lot of yeah. free camping. I do as much free camping and boondocking um, as possible okay. because... You know, one, it's remote and I love it. And two, it doesn't cost anything. Right. So um, so I found this amazing free camp spot and I parked there. And in the end, I said, this was perfect. It took me an extra hour to get here, but you did it. Yeah. You did it yourself. And, and it's just things like that. You just have to have confidence that you're fine. You have to stop and not panic. Yeah. not It's yeah. just confidence. Yeah. It's not bravery. It's not fear. It's just confidence. And I tell that to women about towing. Yeah, you absolutely. know, it's just a question of learning. It's a skill set. And once you have the tools, you just have to practice it and then you'll become mm -hmm. proficient at it like you've done about so many other things without even realizing it. Absolutely, for sure. Um, it's all just been, honestly, I'm, I'm developing a relationship with myself that I never had before. Um, I never got to know myself the way I'm getting to know myself now. And that's what happens when you're in a job in which you have bills to meet and responsibilities and you don't have the luxury of thinking about those exactly. kinds of things. Yeah. So you took a real leap of faith. You did something that a lot of people dream about, but you actually did it. And, and I keep telling people, and if there's anything anyone can take out of this, if I can inspire one person out there to change their life and to do what I'm doing or what mm -hmm. they've always wanted to do, 
then this whole thing is worth it to me. And I get messages like that from people I don't know. And I just hope they're true. I hope these people are really doing what they're telling me to do and that they're really just inspired to know that they can do it. Right. I didn't do anything that no, that anyone else couldn't do. And maybe what somebody is listening is doing. I think you're special in that you did the thing that you dreamt about. And a lot of people, now there are people who just simply really can't. Absolutely. Yeah. But then there are other people who are paralyzed by fear. So I think when I look at you, Mandy, I think to myself, you overcame fear to make a dream a reality. I did. I gave up. I gave up stability. And that was the fear. I had a stable job, a stable life, a stable community. And, and I and sacrificed, a stable income. I sacrificed that in order to have this life that I, you know, makes me happy. And, um, and so it's been hard, but like definitely something that I don't regret in any way. I might make less money. I might not be as stable, but I am so much happier and I'm still trying my darndest to contribute to society. I don't want to be a leech on society, just boondocking everywhere. I want to contribute and I want, Mm -hmm. I want to be something to people. Um, I want to earn my keep in this world, you know? Oh, and well, I think you do. And I'm telling you, I completely enjoy your photographs and I want you. you to tell people who are listening how they can follow you. Can they follow you on Instagram and Facebook? Yes, all of the above. I will always answer on Facebook. I'm Mandy Lee, and that's L-E-A. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Mandy Lee Photo. Um, and my website's MandyLeePhoto.com. And, and I'm going to put um, all those in the show notes so you, people can find if them. If you message me, I promise I am one of those people who will respond to every message. But it might take me like a week or so um, because sometimes I don't always have internet. I don't always mm-hmm. have power. But I will always get back, and I thoroughly enjoy every message I get. Oh. Well, I, you wrote back to me when I wrote to you in the of middle course. of all your crisis. And of I thought, course. And you, you were very sweet and said, I, I have so many people writing to me, but I just <laughs> want to thank you for taking the time to express your concern for me. And I thought, of course. how could she be doing all of this? You know, I you just, were doing um, it I pretty much don't sleep. That's my <laughs> thing right now. My biggest problem is that I have so much I want to do. I don't have time for sleep. But so. you know what? When you get to a place in life where you're doing something that you're so excited about that you can't sleep, that's good place to be. It's true. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Mandy, I'm so glad we finally got to meet in person and you and I are going to be doing stuff together. We're Absolutely. Gonna, we're going to be together wait. in Texas in November and yep. we've got stuff. We're going to do stuff. Yeah. yeah and I, I would wait. love it if you would come back on the show and just talk about where you're going and the adventures that you're having. I would love it. it's so inspiring. Yeah. You're out there and you're doing incredible things. Now that is a girl character. <laughs> you are going places and doing things. I love it. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much oh, for having Mandy, me. Oh, Mandy, thank you for coming on and I can I can't wait to hear what you're doing next. Me too. I, I, I'm a follower. I'm a fan. I can't wait to see what you're doing. And I'm rooting for you. All right. Thank you Thank so you, much. Mandy. I want to thank my guest, Mandy Lee, for coming on today. Mandy, I enjoyed camping with you so much those last few days in Ohio at the Tearstock event, and I'm so looking forward to seeing all of the beautiful pictures you're posting on your Instagram page. I can't wait to see where you're going and what you're doing, and you and I are going to be camping together in Dallas in November, and I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, Mandy, for sharing that story with us. I also want to thank my sponsors, 
Progressive Insurance, and Little Guy Worldwide. I'd like to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, who puts this all together for us. Stephanie and her husband, Jeremy, can be heard every Wednesday on Campground of the Week and every Friday on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast every Friday morning. I listen to it while I'm doing the dishes. Everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy trails!